everyone. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Friends Missing Friends, where I'll share with you some cut material, or deleted scenes, if you will, from today's interview. I hope you enjoy. Using words like being in a tornado, I like to use the word molasses, because that's what I find my sadness feels like. It's like moving through molasses. Mm. And... That's okay. It's, again, giving yourself permission that when you do feel overwhelmed, there's a million different thoughts going through your head. There's emotions going through. There's being in that human experience. And I don't think we give ourselves enough credit that in order to experience those emotions, we have to be okay with it and be okay with not knowing because we always want control. We want to know, okay, if I feel sad, it's going to go away. But in those darkest moments, you don't know when it's going to go away. And when you give yourself the opportunity to go day by day and say, okay, this is what I need today, or I don't know what I need today, but I'm going to do something for me that's enough that's more than enough so funny parts of my life I feel like to move through it and to cope at that point in time it's like I shove them down <laughs> into a bunch of compartments just so then I could be the high achiever that I turned out to be, but then shoving them down, again, the body keeps score, and then they just pop out elsewhere. So at that point in time, I wish there was someone in my life who understood emotions and understood that we could talk about them and that it was okay to cry and get angry and how to ask for what your what you need instead of trying to navigate that later on and kind of going through like the shit of the shit and then realizing okay I can ask for certain things but I don't think society at that point in time again there was still like such a massive mental health stigma so which in general emotions just kind of got labeled as okay, well, you should just suck it up. And Mm -hmm. that I don't think that there's anyone to blame at that point in time. I think we're in a society that we're allowed to have more of these open dialogues. And because of that, it gives people the opportunity to know that they aren't alone and that there are ways that they can process. Yeah, and my mind is jumping back to person who shared with you I think they said this to you but correct me if I'm wrong Mm -hmm. they said am I even allowed to be grieving Mm -hmm. what situation was that again that they said that um that could have trying to think back to what I because I know I've said that myself I know that people not just even with the death at 18 but in general when we look at timelines 
it's like this expectation that we need to process certain ways. And when we're navigating those heavy emotions, they can come up when we least expect it, whether it's a year or two years later. And it's giving ourselves that compassion and kindness in those moments, recognizing that it's okay to grieve years after a funeral, years after the death, years after whatever. It doesn't have to be, I think that we put a lot of pressure on the immediate after a death or on the anniversary. But the one thing that I tell people all the time, especially when they experience a death, is it's not the immediate around the funeral time that is a concern that you're going to feel the most heaviest weighted sadness or depression or anger or frustration, whatever it is. It's going to be the first year of everything. It's the firsts of everything. It's the first birthday that that person's no longer there for, whether it was theirs or yours. It's the first anniversary of friendship. It's the first dinner that you guys had. It's the first Christmas without each other. It's the firsts of everything that make it challenging. So my expectation is, is that it's going to be a rough freaking year, that first year. But just because you get past that first year doesn't make it all of a sudden easier. And I think that for me, and no one told me this. I don't think I really learned this from everyone. It was just an expectation that I put on myself where I had made the assumption that I shouldn't, I should be over this. And I think that that's what we do at times is when we get far enough past events that have occurred in our lives, it's the expectation that it's like, oh, well, you should be over that already. And that's not necessarily the case because we don't know what necessarily triggers or activates an emotion. Could be a smell of someone, right? It could be seeing a certain color or shirt that reminds you of that person. And all of a sudden, those emotions of loss, of absence, can come up. Thanks for listening. Friends Missing Friends is produced by me, Hannah Rumsey. Sound engineering is by co-producer Eric Siegling. Original music is also by Eric, featuring The Lost Wayne. Artwork is by Heidi James. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we can cherish and remember the friends we miss. See you next time. Thank you.